Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Joy! I'm not going to worry about your level of concern. Joy and double joy! We talking about Twitter. Triple joy! Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. Quadruple joy! Oi! Now look Never say never, but never. Never give up on the Steelers. I don't fear sudden death, and I never have. We mock ourselves. If you're a Steelers fan, this podcast may not be for you. (laughs) Because Steeler fans are the fourth whiniest fan base in the NFL. This is not opinion. This is researched fact. Shout out to all the sciences at bookies.com. Three out of four tweets from Steelers fans are negative. You know, Steelers fans will say, I just call them as I see them, completely unaware of their own short-sightedness. You know, Steeler fans will say, I'm just telling facts, despite having only a sliver of the full picture of knowledge. You know, so after week one, I don't know if I'm a Steelers fan. I don't I don't identify with those people. I'm something different. I'm I I I I identify as pro Steelers. And you'll be like, oh, that sounds like a homer. Well, uh no losing seasons under Mike Tomlin. So I guess if being a homer means I'm right more than I'm wrong. <laughs> Certainly right more than the so called fans. But maybe, just maybe. After week one, we've learned our lesson, or maybe not. <laughs> I'm going to go with maybe not, having been uh, around for a minute now. This is what Jin's talking about. The conversation about the Steelers conversation, a pro Steelers podcast <laughs> on Behind the Steel Curtain. I'm Kyle Kreiss. Here with me is Greg Benavid. Hello. Back from... Mitch Mecca, <laughs> and I don't think they were claiming they weren't claiming Mitch in no. <laughs> in uh, they were barely in, in Greensboro, North Carolina. They were barely claiming the Panthers. I think I saw about one and a half bars that uh, even had like, "Hey, come watch the Panthers here." Wow, not a football, not a football uh, state. I guess I don't not- know. I sat in the bar and watched the Thursday night game, at, uh, and there were four other people in the bar with me. It was uh, I don't know. Maybe that's uh, uh, I, I can't speak to everyone. I'm glad to be in a place where people do care fo- about football. Not Los Angeles. This particular no, no. studio. This room. This, this studio. Sh- you and I. Two uh, people. Yes. <laughs> out of a city of ten million. <laughs> All right. It was. I mean, this should be this should be our finest moment as a fan base, but uh, of course. <laughs> Let's get to the tweets. <laughs> this see, this is what the story should be. Okay. This is what how the fan base should be mm-hmm. reacting. And 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 you know, this is this is this is the uh this is the example we should be following. We'll, we'll start mm-hmm. with at Russia Gulati Rushier. There's no need to play the rest of the NFL schedule. Steelers Bengals have already played the game of the year. Uh, you know, gosh, certainly it's an instant classic if you ask me. You know, yes. it's uh, uh, if you tried to rank this in recent history, it's got to be you know a top ten game at least. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Also, I think even even the haters, even the people that whine incessantly about the team, would have to admit it's game. It's one of the game of the year candidates already. Already, definitely. That's mm-hmm. a uh, definitely already. Um, <laughs> How about I like this? Uh, this should have been maybe the storyline after the game. At between the numbs, 
Greg Harvey, Steelers become the first team with four interceptions, five turnovers, seven sacks, and a pick six in the same game. Hasn't happened since the Falcons in 2002. The Steelers haven't done this ever before in franchise history. So this wasn't just uh, an instant classic. This was a historic game, not only mm-hmm. for the team, but in some ways the NFL. No, yeah, absolutely. It, um, no, I mean, the, the stats are incredible. And the truth is, like, it, with, it, it, there was so much in the game and so many things happened that, like, it's easy to f- forget just how many amazing defensive plays there were. It, it's so simple to lose track of that, what with so many things happening later on. Oh yeah, you couldn't name you couldn't you know some people were like this was the Minka game, but it was like if you if you just call it the Minka game, then you're leaving out the TJ stuff, or mm-hmm. if you call it Highsmith. the Highsmith, the Highsmith stuff, or you know I'll even we'll get to it later, but I thought this was a Molette game. No, I even. was going to mention that too, exactly Molette. Yeah, the game we're talking. If, if you, I mean, it's a, you know the guy makes the play of his career in a game where it's essentially an afterthought, even though it might have been the last game change next to third from the last game changing play. Yeah, so th- you know this is a game that's going to go down in history. I don't know. It just it feels at least uh, certainly in the aftermath of the game and throughout much of this week, though. I don't know if it's getting that. Uh, I don't know if you know. Maybe we'll look back on this game in in hindsight. But right now, yes. it feels like this is like a game to be sour and mad about instead of uh, we just witnessed history. Well, I think I I, I I totally agree with you that it's not something to be sour about at all. But I, I do totally get the idea of finding it a little overwhelming. And that, that there was just so much in it, it could take even a few days to process. I totally get that. Just speaking for myself, because again, I forgot about Mollette until halfway through our conversation. Um, you know, this could have been the narrative coming out of the game at Darren Rovell. Darren Ravel. Steelers beat the Bengals as a seven-point dogs. Over the last 15 seasons, Pittsburgh is now 44-25-3 as dogs, a record only behind the Patriots. So the narrative could have been, wow, uh, Tomlin once again plays up to his opponents. We always hear about, oh, we don't pl- we play down to our opponents. But here's a situation where we're playing up to our opponents, and not just any opponent, the reigning AFC Conference champions. I mean, a couple things. Absolutely, is that the Steelers always play well as dogs. Also, 15 seasons is, I'm not great at math, but 15 times 16 plus a couple 17s. That's that's a lot of games. And in those games, the Steelers were underdogs in 5, 60, 72 of them. Wow, right out of, so we're talking 241 <laughs> or 242 games. They're the underdogs in in a third or something less than a third did you seriously do the math is it 242 or did you well you said you did 15 times 16 so i did 15 times 15 225 plus 16 241 i don't know never doing that kind of that was common core style there nice nice (laughs) see that yeah that was yeah i was high english classes remedial math but yeah so that okay so that so that not even 30 not even one third of the time they're underdogs in a in a league where Almost every team, every game is. How often is there really a pick'em? There's going to be a dog or a favorite in every game. Wow, that is, and, and uh, yeah, that's a telling stat. I didn't think of it until now. But what seems to be the common denominator there? <laughs> Who's coaching this ball club? Mike T. Mike T. So, oh, he plays down to a pun. No, it sounds like he's maybe the all-time greatest underdog coach. That's I got. We got to get Stat Geek on that. Who's the greatest all-time underdog coach? I'm saying Mike Tomlin. That could have been the narrative. Oh, did I just lose my soundboard? How about? This could have been the narrative. Well, I guess we just kind of said that. At Scott Juba. Scott Juba. Say what you will about Mike Tomlin. Say what you will about the Steelers players. They never quit. They never give up. And it paid off today. What a big win. I mean, you. there's no, there's no bigger definition of can't quit than saving the game on the go-ahead extra point attempt. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that is it, it, that is the kind of story. Look, I, I'm never coaching any kind of youth team probably, but man, oh man, that is a story you could tell kids forever about like, don't, you know, if you give up, and gave up a touchdown, his time expired, and they still won because he blocked the extra kick. That's the ultimate don't give up, don't ever give up, rising violin music as you say it to somebody. No bigger definition of 60-minute men. We heard Cower say his whole career, 60-minute men. Oh, I had the T-shirt. And th- there's no bigger definition than literally with zero. Was there one second on it? Was there zero? I, I think there might have been. I, I, don't, I think it was zero. I think it was actual 60-minute, 60 60-plus-minute 60 men. And, um, yeah, and then, of course, almost all 10 minutes of overtime, too. I guess we need a 70-minute men shirt. I'll, uh, I'll get on that. But, you know, all of those could have been the, the narrative. But instead, this was the, uh, the – I'll just give a slice of what uh, a typical Steelers fan tweeted – at 
the Fresh Prince 38, Will the Beast. Yeah, they might not win this. Defense is on and off. Offense just can't get it going. This is going to be a long season, and I'm already done. I can't do it anymore. Call me whatever you want. Uh, you know, people giving up on the team. Hey, I, I, I learned my lesson in the Joey Porter Bengals game. You can't ever give up. Don't ever give up. And so, you know, I, I can't say that I didn't flinch. Uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, but I was trying to hold my lids open. You know, oh, yeah, I, I flinched, I blinked. I think, if I remember correctly, I stormed out of the bar you and I were in twice to walk back to my car. If I'm not mistaken, I did it right before the extra point, and I want to say I did it the, uh, 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 after Boswell's uh, hit the uh, upright. So yeah, I I do want to say, look, I'm not defending the fan base, I'm not defending the whiners and all that, but I think there is something to all this negativity and all these people freaking out about this. It's not just that this game happened the way this game happened. It's that it happened in the first game. Like, here's your introduction back to football. This emotional gauntlet. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, people were saying, oh, you know, how many heart attacks did I have? It's like, if you didn't bring your blood pressure meds to the to the game in the first place, then you haven't been here before. Oh, right. Know? No, no, no. Exactly. You should have wheeled your defibrillator in. You had to have, you dial 9-1 on the phone and sit there ready oh, yeah, for... Oh, and have your hand hovering over, so that way when you fell down and passed out, it would hit right on the one in time. And don't close out your bar tab so that the bartender <laughs> has to be like, we need to wake him up so that he oh, can pay yeah, his yeah, tab. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I put, I put, I gave, yeah, I paid off the bar I think midway through the fourth, I'm like, I see where this is headed in that way. <laughs> um, who gets? Who is the biggest target of the blame game? Uh, I don't think anyone should be surprised. Uh, you know, we all off season there was not too much Canada talk, and I was like, oh, if we turn the corner on Canada, but nope, Steeler Nation back at it. <whistles> we'll start with at Mad Mance two. Mad man, man, man oh. oh, Madman Texas too. Okay. Oh, look at you! Got it. Sorry. That out. Steelers. Hopefully, Canada and Tomlin resign after this game, and we start rebuilding this offense. Call Mike Munchak immediately. Um, you know how, how how you can't rebuild this. It's already we're already with basic building blocks on this offense. I mean, this this is the foundation, but I, in a way, this is like the uh, 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 prototypical uh, whining Steelers tweet. It's a, after a game in which they win, the entire coaching staff resigns, and the first order of business is to call a man who's happily retired. <laughs> And this is one of those tweets that could have been in your drafts all off season. <laughs> just waiting Speaking to of ready to go with the <laughs> yeah. one button. This was ready to go after like the first three and out. Um, you know, but it, and it wasn't just random fans. I, gosh, even even it came from inside the building at KD Pomp. Bob Pompiani looks like the same Matt Canada offense, not much different from last year. I only know it's two possessions. I mean, I could expect that from, uh, you know, Joey Hader on Twitter, but Pompiani on the second drive? I mean, it, 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 is by, it is by the third possession to be like, wait, not even the third possession. Be like, I, I, I think you have to, I, I mean, I haven't seen Pompiani for a while. The way I would read it is, looks like same Matt Canada offense, not much different from last year. I know it's only two <laughs> possessions. Like, it feels like the third one requires requires that vocal shift. I love Pompiani. The man's a, a Pittsburgh icon for a reason and is, you know, has been so much more level-headed than others and he truly does care, but I think that's I think that's where some of there's whining because you're a hater and you're mad and there's whining because you're hurt and scared. And I think there is something to be said for the distinction. You know, you don't have to, you know, just, we're two possessions in. You don't right. maybe have to start your oh, tweets yeah. no, yet. I, you know? I, I was going to say you don't have to give into anxiety again. But and also too, it just hit me you know, when Pompey and he tweeted this, the score was seven nothing, right. seven three. Oh Man, yeah, at worst seven three. I mean, Steelers were ahead until the end. So right, you know, right, right, and, right exactly. That's a good point. Until Chase <laughs> caught that last touchdown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, here uh, and and I wasn't the only one who noticed. <laughs> at David M. Todd, David Todd took two series for the Twitter bitch fest to get started on Steelers offense longer than I expected, which uh, he has a point because I, I went back to last year's show. Last season, someone tweeted Fiekner Burger Ball on the first drive last year. So I guess we are taking baby steps. We made it all the way to the second drive before we start uh, crapping on Canada here. I <laughs> no, and I imagine Todd also had that tweet ready to go just with a space for two. Like, would that be one? Would that be three? But anywhere, that tweet was has been, ready to, has been loaded since April. And I love, you know, this this wasn't a game that anyone uh, p 
picked the Steelers to win, not in the national media. Not in uh, the Athletic, not in ESPN, not on NFL Network. No, no, no. And so, but, you know, we kind of forget that because here's at Spiderloo 2099, Spiderloo. Mm-hmm. The Bengals were just in the Super Bowl. Still, Matt Canada should be fired. He's the worst. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we just took down the AFC conference champions, ah, but Canada should be fired. Well, it, it is interesting. I, li- I do like this tweet because, like, for a brief moment, it's like it's like a window where the sunlight penetrates through the blinds. Just in time, like, <laughs> like the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. Then all of a sudden, it shuts up. Still, Canada should be fired. He's the worst. How dare? I mean, you can you can make the argument that Bengals gave away that game uh, in a couple couple different ways. Yes. Um, but you know, it, you can make an argument that any that both teams gave the game away. Well, you can yeah. make an argument that both teams won the game. That there was so much in that game. What I do want to say is I think part of what uh, paradoxically may have exacerbated all these like oh the Canada offense looks bad that da, 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 is the fact that Minka scored so early like I think that seeing that seven nothing lead and knowing like okay they got a pick six that means you should win this game by every observable metric all of a sudden that it became like it went from that like hey I hope we hang in there to like we have to win this game we should and all of a sudden we're back to 2013 again uh, 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 in terms of expectations as soon yeah. as Minka jumped that route yeah right. maybe you're right it's like yeah as soon as uh, we covered the spread then it was like right. okay this is this is in the bag but- right 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 exactly <laughs> and they're not gonna blow this hard uh this was one of my personal favorite canada criticisms at jabet's seven jacob does matt canada just throw darts at a board to determine his call his play calls so not only is this this undermining canada does he's undermining the game of darts because (laughs) i can throw a dart at a dart board and pick exactly where i want it you know and i haven't played darts since uh my days at gateway one at penn state but you know, you can pick where you want to throw a dart at a dartboard. It's not a completely random thing. And uh, if Canada is throwing darts at the, at the to pick his plays, I say, hey, that's ballsy right there. I, I'm, I'm for it. Um, let's, you know, uh, let's just go. Gosh, let's just go okay. down because we can't. I mean, how long are we going to talk about this? Okay. Let's go to the, one last thing on Canada. Okay. Uh, at Pittsburgh Sports, Steelers takeaways. Hate to say this, but this loss. Okay, obviously a tweet before the final. <laughs> Hate to say this, but this loss was in large part due to the gutless performance by the offensive coaching. Played not to lose, and it never works. Whoever says this team doesn't live in its fears is wrong. Um, you know, how much of this was this a is this a is this a Canada living in his fears? Was this a Mitch not trying to uh, you know, trying to protect the ball? Well was this a was this a gutless offensive coaching performance? Well, I think there's a very, very delineating line between gutless and only using this word in sports devoid of anything in politics, conservative. I don't think there's anything wrong with in a game where, again, the other team has a really high-powered offense, the idea of wanting to do what you can to make sure you didn't turn the ball over. And that that ended up being as big a deal as any uh, in terms of how they won the game. Uh, So I do think uh, that that there was maybe, hey, it's not going to be constant throwing downfield, but they did take their shots and it was having Boykin, the ball going through his hands. He's a half step behind, not even a half step behind there in a first drive. I think that was bigger than people thought. And the other thing I just want to throw out there is just that's that's a word I would never use in terms of sports. I remember learning that as a kid, gutless. God, just I remember yeah. uh, uh, Ron Cook, I think, wrote that about the Penguins in like 91. And I think he ended up regretting it or it, it, it got like a big response. And it's it's one of those words you really want to be careful using in any particularly in a context like this. Yeah. Got, like who who was got, it wasn't, you know, Mitch behind this shaky offensive line. That's certainly not but even you the know. shaky offensive line. Those guys aren't gutless. Maybe no. they're just not the best offensive lineman right now or having a tough game or the other guys are real good which they are you know there's nothing gutless about that uh you know yeah i agree and you know protecting the ball isn't a horrible thing you know playing the playing the clock game isn't a horrible thing when you're winning on the road i, I mean know. the only thing that made me think about maybe the offensive game plan could have been a little less conservative and this might just be cherry picking on my part what was but was the big um the play the throw to Fryermouth once uh mitch knew he had the offsides in overtime when i was wondering like, okay that was and that was gutsier than a lot of things that's across his body that's from his back foot that yeah yeah you know, but I wonder if uh, uh, that kind of thing, you know, maybe. And, but it's, it's his first game. I imagine them opening up and getting more comfortable. There's time for that. 
You're exactly right. Well, coach, coach agrees, right? Above the neck, above the neck play from Mitch, which <laughs> yes. is what uh, if you'd have said anything, that would have been number one on the wish list. I yes. guess, yes, hundred percent. And and you know, Mitch is uh, not deterred. Nobody loves football as much as I do. Hey, right. <laughs> let's uh, let's touch on some other offense because it wasn't just Matt Canada. There's also uh, we got some other things to talk about mm-hmm. at Hunter A. Homestek, Hunter Alec Homestek. This is the OBJ catch with a toe tap added. WTF. But DJ drops the ball too much, right? Uh, You know, ultimately, it wasn't the play that determined the the outcome of the game. But it maybe was the most significant highlight. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's one of those, like the greatest highlights, every time you see it, you pick up something different. You see some other part of it that's more difficult and amazing than the last time you did. There's always some other detail. Just how high his hand gets up there, how much he jumps in the air, how, you know, the one foot lands before the dude can inexplicably push him out. Yeah. uh, Yeah. All of the above. Uh, But, but, you know, uh, would you agree with this? At Colin underscore Dunlap, Colin Dunlap. Just from an athleticism and degree of difficulty standpoint, Deontay Johnson's catch along the sideline, one of the very best in Steelers history, certainly top five, maybe top three all-time Steelers catch. I mean, I you know, and I was trying to think, well, we got the A.B. helmet catch, of right. course. That was a touchdown. There was also another helmet catch that wasn't a touchdown. Yeah. Um, there was the Martavius Bryant somersault touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was that was in the playoffs. These are all, all the examples you've written on this shooter in the playoffs. Santonio Holmes, of course, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Maybe not the most athletic catch. Pretty but- athletic, though. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's, it's certainly. But also, too. But I think, it, 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 yeah, I mean, you also have Swan's levitating leap in the Immaculate Reception. Each of these catches were in the playoffs. So, I mean, it, which is an entirely different level. of. I mean, obviously, overtime against a, a, a heated rival is a very big deal and a lot of pressure. It's also not the playoffs. It's not the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it. So, yeah, I have no problem with uh, saying this is one of the one of the greatest regular season catches I've ever seen. Okay. I, I have no issue with that. It, it's, uh, it's like hard to look back and say, oh, I, you know, that great catch from week one. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I mean, hey, Claypool had a great catch of his own with the one hand. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, you know, again, that actually led to the touchdown. You might say right. that one handed catch was in some ways more spectacular than the DJ. Um, I don't know. Hard to say. But top. Five, we'll see. We'll have to come back later in the season, see if we're still talking about that catch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing on the offense. How? We might just not just because it was week one. That's yeah. sort of the issue. <laughs> yeah, I might be talking about those uh, Gunnar Oshesky catches, uh, <laughs> you know, later in the season. Uh, one more thing about the offense. Renegade at Renegade Adam Adam Steele Pickens should have had a ninety yard touchdown week one. I'm sick. You know, the narrative was George Pickens was going to come out and be Randy Moss uh, mm-hmm. in his prime, and you know he didn't get the targets. Uh, you, know, you could argue that at least on that one play, he might have been open. Um, I mean, I do know that uh, uh, beloved behind the steel curtain um, alum uh, Christopher Carter did go back and watch and say that there were times Pickens was open and Mitch either didn't see him or didn't throw the ball. I can't speak to that, but I mean, it's you know, I I I, I I'm suitably impressed within his first game. He drew a pass interference in the end zone. I I don't think every receiver can do that. I think that you know that I I because I think on some level the refs aren't looking to give it to that kind of thing to a rookie. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, Totally, you know. totally. Well, you know, once flat, it's like they seem to ref seem to let the game go, and until it got into the red zone, and then all yeah. of a sudden things were very ticky tack. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is, you know, maybe that's every time in the red zone. It's like, how do you defend, especially in a, in a less than five yard, if you know, in goal situation? There's just not enough room for all those people to not right. have contact. Mm-hmm. Ah, um, we got to talk about you know the big, the big, uh, the big injury, T.J. Watts. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to at Doc Flynn NFL. Doc Flynn mm-hmm. sounds like a tear in the muscle belly rather than in the tendon. We're talking about the chicken tender rather than the nasty little stump at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are a bit more difficult to repair. Hopefully the tear is small enough that it heals and does not impact his strength long term. You know, the, the story is they're saying six weeks and TJ's back from a from a, a, a torn pec muscle. Um uh, I don't know. You know, this doctor is not affiliated with the Steelers, so they're saying it's a little bit more difficult to repair. Are we being a little too optimistic about this uh, injury here? I mean, uh, I, I, it's it, 
possibly, but it's hard for me to accept the word of Doc Flynn NFL. <laughs> I mean that you know it's it's I I I a, a, as a fan, there's only so much I can do in terms of my own mental bandwidth for the team, and the idea that they're uh, the best stewards of their own health is very much included in that. So they got multiple <laughs> opinions. TJ seems like he's coming back for this. I mean, do I believe? You know, I I I I, I think a lot of people, and I'm certainly on board with this is the idea that sure it's six weeks but really we're going to hold it out to eight weeks because that gets them the bye they don't do the game against the eagle he, he sits at the game against the eagles too which is fine that still gives them half the season it um all of that is uh, uh very believable is all very much within the realm of what i can believe you know it's going to take uh i think it's going to take you better be willing to do unique things right. in order to expect unique results. It's going to take unique things, and, TJ. And that's just life. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he, you know, if he can get it back, I'm kind of more. Um, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of on the lines with at underscore the king underscore the king. LOL. He needs surgery. He's just refusing it. He's still a watt. This is kind of my fear: is that you know we're going to be our expectations are going to be he's coming back, he's coming back, and then you know maybe the week that he's supposed to practice again, it's going to be like, mm, this just did not come together right. I mean, that's entirely possible, but that is the very definition of living in your fears. That I mean, is that, living in your I mean, that's def- I mean, I totally see your point. That certainly is something that could happen. I think it's unlikely because, I mean, again, this is, you know, the tendon of the reigning defensive player of the year that they've received multiple opinions from the best doctors in the world on this kind of thing. I, I do take them at their word that it'll heal more or less, as they said. But yeah, but I mean, that's, that, that's not something you can worry about today day that exact thing you know is a one-armed tj more effective than a two-armed jameer jones right? I, I think almost almost assuredly and again but it's even then you know jameer jones is going to play i mean even when tj is 100 he does that take himself in and out thing a lot uh, uh which is totally fine well you know a lot of people are more optimistic than me and i hope they're right mm-hmm. at baddest bear jew jared kane Believe me, Alex Highsmith, Malik Reed, and Jameer Jones are more than capable and will hold it down to make Papa Watt proud. I mean, that's optimistic because I look yes. at the outside linebacker room from the last 12 months and it's like, well, okay, Melvin Ingram, that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Taco, that didn't work out. Tuska, that didn't work out. Deontay Scott, well, I mean, he's on the squad. So, I mean, Jannard Avery, that didn't work out. Tuzard Skipper, that didn't work out. Rashid Hamilcar, Hammer card Rashid, that didn't work out. Well, I mean, he's <laughs> on the practice. He's been there. He's been there for a month longer than you and I have been in the outside linebacker. But, room. So, but I mean, Malik Reed and Jameer Jones, that's that's just going to hold it down. Well, I mean, I, I I would have agreed with more of that I, 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 up until Sunday. I was greatly impressed with Alex Highsmith. I mean, even oh, yeah. if they had yeah. the entire state of Ohio trying to block TJ and Highsmith uh, just dealt with whatever was on the other side, that was that was that was a game that was you know that's exactly what you'd been hoping for for Highsmith. Smith from the beginning, and he's only gotten there in a couple years in the la- in two years. So that was really impressive stuff. Okay, so reasons to be optimistic. I'll, uh, I'm, I'll, I'm all I'm all I'm all I'm all for the optimism train. We'll see <laughs> if uh, I'm not buying my Jameer Jones jersey. No, no, yet, no, no, but, no, no. Uh, all right, let's take our break. Coming up in the second half, we haven't talked to quarterbacks, and believe me, a lot to talk about. The, <laughs> the 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 Kenny chance are already. Thank goodness it was on the road because the Kenny chance I think would have been. There, I think we're going to see the Kenny Chance this weekend. It's I hope entirely possible. Uh, all right, so we got to talk uh, QBs. I want to talk Tomlin because the, the Air Force One squad was in effect, um, you know. And I don't know, maybe some other things we'll talk about. All right, enjoy your local sponsors. Raise your brain, you got it. Raise your brain, you want it. You got confident, secure. Feeling confident? Raise your brand. Got 150 million? Raise your brand. Need AI solutions to carbon-based insurance problems? Raise your brand and reach for Acrisure. Confidence, confidence, tried and secure. Raise your brand, raise your brand, Acrisure. Raise your brand, raise your brand, Acrisure. Welcome back to What Chin's Talking About, presented by our partners at Acrisure AI Solutions for human carbon-based insurance problems. Uh, we promised some QB talk in the second half, but first, mm-hmm. I got to talk Tomlin. Uh, 
at Fook Your Last Name, Ultra Black. <clears throat> Mike Tomlin got the whole team Black Air Force Ones, and they took that personal. Uh, at Chris Warmly, 43 agreed. Chris Warmly, great team win. Black Air Force energy was definitely with us. So I thought this was another uh, just master lesson in team motivation, adult motivation. Uh, you know, Tomlin went and got everyone these shoes, and they seemed to really embrace it. Oh, yeah, no, and I, I, I seemed to, everyone, like, yeah, everyone seemed to, like you said, embrace. They took the idea of the shoe, and they all seemed to get the message clearly. Like, there wasn't a lot of, like, I don't know, it's like, he just gave his shoes. Like, no, he gave you the shoes with a purpose. And uh, also, I'd never heard of this. They look nice. I mean, I thought they really <laughs> look good. I was like, I got to get new, just going around shoes. And it's, I'm not spending, ah, they look nice. It, I, you know, wear New Balance, but yeah. Yeah, I instantly mm-hmm. tried to uh, get my own Black Air Force One too and then i was like i don't spend a hundred even 175 bucks for the black you know the, not even the snazzy ones i was like i don't i don't you know i don't uh, spend that much on shoes and but not everyone was on board I, you know people couldn't you know it's like the people who criticize tomlin over this seems like a lot of the same people who would criticize juju over stuff it's like i don't know what's the common denominator i don't know uh at the pony express Andrew Filipponi. Instead of Air Force Ones, I wish Mike Tomlin gifted his team with a new left tackle. Nine million in cap space. Buy good players, not tennis shoes. There were some people who could not wrap their heads around the message that this was sending to the team. Mm-hmm. This was just kind of some gimmick, you know. Um, but... But it's like, how could you be so short-sighted and not understand? And, and I get, not everyone understands the meme of what Air, Black Air Force Ones, and it's like, oh, you're, you know, the meme culture is kind of like, you know, you're a ruthless person or you're, mm-hmm. you know, someone who takes it to the next level. But be, even before memes, I, I, I was familiar with this stereotype of like, the dude who can only buy the one pair of shoes, so they have to be the black shoes because you got to wear them to school, mm-hmm. you got to wear them to work, mm-hmm. you got to wear them to church. Right. It's and and you know and so what does that say? If you see the guy wearing the all black kicks, it's like this guy is hungry. You know mm-hmm. he's got uh you know he's de- he's a, there's some desperation. Don't mess with him. You know right. nothing is being handed to him. Yeah, and and I was that I was the black shoe guy. You know I didn't have Air Force Ones. I you know we I I was I had to go. To Gabe's and get my pair of black shoes that I had to wear at McDonald's that I had to wear, you know, and so I get this. And so the people who were criticizing this, and there were people in, in uh, I think there were people on behind the steel curtain who didn't get with this either. And it's just like, you know, I'm Gabe's gang. I don't, you know, it, I don't need black Air Force Ones. You could have just got me, a, uh, you know, the bag from Gabe's and I'd have been like, yeah, Tomlin, Gabe's gang, Air Force Ones. I'm, I'm going to get me, you know, maybe uh, maybe behind the steel curtain should get all their podcast people some black Air Force Ones. <laughs> hint, hint, hint. Uh, I, I would like to say, I think this is one of those things that like, it was very much intended for the locker room. They were the only audience for it. So when it escapes that context and goes out to us, it's so much not for the greater public that a lot of people just bumped against it no yeah i agree with that in fact i think this is beyond this is like to me i compare this with uh banksy or warhol i think tomlin took this into a state of uh, some kind of art form this kind of transcends I don't know. You know, do you, do you see that at all? I see. This I, like- I, I kind of I see. I see that. I see where you're saying. My, my my take on it is 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 similar to that, but just kind of adjacent. I see it as like the equivalent of an inside joke, yeah, and like the rest yeah. of us hearing it, like we weren't the audience for the joke. It, uh, and I, I just to finish a thought about Filipponi, I mean, it, obviously he's just looking for the context within which to attack Tomlin about the offensive line. But that that nine million in cap space, I always thought the idea was that's like a savings account. That's yeah, like a yeah. rainy day kind of thing. If there is some injury where somebody can't uh, uh, heal a torn pack in a month and a half or whatever. Like, that's your triple A account. You yeah, know, you gotta- yeah, exactly. That's what that money's for. Like, um, Well, you know, uh, let's keep the Tomlin praise going. At Bob Glober, Bob Glober, with his win over the Bengals, Steelers coach Mike Tomlin, 155 wins, surpassed Hall of Famer Joe Gibbs on the NFL all-time regular season coaching victory list. Tomlin is in his 16th season as head coach. Gibbs coached 16 seasons. So, you know, we're we're at that point now where Tomlin, we already knew that he was great. Now Mm -hmm. we're talking all-time greats. You know, we can't even compare him. Maybe compare him to Belichick or Andy Reid. But now it's like, no, now we're comparing him to Gibbs, 
Cower. Soon it's going to be Noel, uh, you know, Parcells. I don't, you know, he may have already passed Parcells. I don't know. But 16th all time. It is amazing. I mean, and it's even, and I, I remember just when Gibbs came back many years later, remember that when he coached against Roethlisberger, how strange yeah. all that was. But, um, but yeah, and it's got to mean something because isn't where Tomlin's geographical area, wasn't that the team? I mean, that was, you know, those mighty Washington squads. That's of, his, uh, I believe know. that's one of his idols. Yeah. Yeah. So. Gibbs, uh, you know, and those, those great teams, those offensive lines, that defense, Art Monk, you know, Daryl Green. At, uh, yeah. So the fire Tomlin courses. I, they should be completely silenced by now. If you're still out there doing that, you're, then you're on the wrong side of history because he's only climbing this list. He doesn't get lower than 16 ever again. He's only climbing this list. So, uh, you know, tweet at your own peril. Um, Ooh, remember that. We're going to use that often. Tweet <laughs> yeah. at your own peril. Yes. Um, and, you know, and just I love giving the, the player perspective on Tomlin. At NWash85, Nate Washington end of OTAs 2007 I got to my locker with a note attached to the shelf it carried with I've carried it with me ever since it wasn't just about football I carried these thoughts into life I appreciate you coach Tomlin always love coach it was a little handwritten note it wasn't even all that it, you know it was slightly personal it was like Nate you know what do you want to accomplish what are your goals mm. it was hardly this insp inspirational note but Nate Washington has kept it with him now for 15 years. Right, because I imagine Nate Washington never really got something like that from a football coach. <laughs> it, uh, and also, you speak of guys that nothing was handed to. Nate Washington, I mean, uh, I don't think he was drafted, but if he was, it couldn't have been higher than, what, the fifth round? It, uh, that was a guy that fought for everything and was an important part of the Super Bowl team. Yeah, so, you know, just Tomlin is in the back of these guys' minds at all time, it seems like. So just let's quit the any any time. This is a pro Steelers pod. Okay. Uh, all right. We got to talk QB battle. I know uh, we waited 36 minutes to talk about QBs because that's the kind of podcast we are. Let's get to, you know, hey, I always hate on the insiders, but maybe the insiders, maybe I'm with them here. Let's start with at Paul Zeist, Paul Zeist, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Mitch Trubisky is exactly who we thought he was, and that's okay for now. Mm -hmm. uh, also from the PPG, at Jerry Dulac, Jerry Dulac, Mitch Trubisky's debut is something to build on for the Steelers. I, that's the most optimistic way you could uh, you can talk about Mitch, I guess. Right? Oh no, I, I, it's 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 a lovely day again. I get to agree with the guys at the Post Gazette. Eight year old <laughs> me is very excited about it. Um, and you know the question that a lot of Steeler Nation wants to know is, you know, how long is Mitch's leash now? We, you know, we 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 you know we couldn't convert on third. Does that mean that it's going to be Kenny in week two? Well, uh. Ian Rappaport seems to have the inside info directly from NFL Network. Is that who? Is that who he's on? I'm sure. All right, here's the sound. How long of a leash does the starting quarterback have? My understanding is not a short leash, but a long leash. Mike Tomlin what? does not want Trubisky looking over his shoulder, going three and out and going, okay, wow, is Kenny Pickett coming in now? What? It's not like that. He what? came in as QB1. He has exceeded expectations in an offense that fits him. And the players are feeling it, too. In the right. locker room, he is the captain. How so, mm -hmm. you know, it sounds like the leash is, uh, you know, 100 yards long. There's no, there's not going to be any, you know, nothing could happen, at least in week two, that's going to change. 100%. I, I, and I also think there is, no matter what happens performance-wise, there is no shortening of Mitch's leash when they win. When they win. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, even if Mitch had played a poor game and I, you know, he could have had a better game, but he didn't have a bad game by any means. I think if he'd had a poor game and yet they'd still won the game, I think that keeps the leash long. I mean, the one thing that, you know, Tech Tomlin had his heart. What's the one thing that could shorten the leash? Turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, you know. Which we didn't see any. That's the thing. Right. He, like, he protected the ball mm -hmm. um, the above the neck play, except for maybe the, maybe that the sack that he, that he took on his own by running out of bounds. Yeah, that was maybe the only that was uh, a little weird, but got, you know, avoided the safety mm -hmm. above the neck play. Uh, of course, the pass to Firemuth on the offsides above mm -hmm. the neck, um, you know, uh, 
wins in OT. I guess that's the bottom line. I mean, the thing I, I thought of that I didn't like, but he got away with it, was that him kind of just like inching up to the line and holding the ball at the side, and that guy almost ripped it out. I mean, I did think of, you know, to paraphrase the line from Goodfellas with, you know, to, to, to Ray Liotta when he goes to jail for the first time for Mitch. It's, I mean, you protected the ball, you protected the ball, and you didn't turn the ball over. Like, that's sort of the thing they're looking for from him at you know, and according to Rappaport, Mitch exceeded expectations. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, what were the expectations then if he was able to exceed them? I guess just not turning the ball over? Well, I mean, I, I imagine the expectations are you're going to turn the ball over once in a game. I mean, yeah, I would imagine yeah. that because that's about what averages out. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I imagine it's something like that. Particularly, again, you're not playing a bad defense. You're playing a defense that gets, that, I imagine, got a pretty fair amount of turnovers last year on their way to the Super Bowl. Um, well, uh, you know, the Kenny, of course, the Kenny courses are out there. Let's start with, we'll start with at Carter critiques, Christopher Carter have to say, if this game was in Pittsburgh, there would have been a lot of Kenny chance going on right now. And my fear is that that's where we're going to see the Kenny chance early in week two. Uh, I mean, it it could be early. I think it it could be early. It could be late. I think what brings the Kenny chance on or what would bring them on isn't like uh, it was any drives that are just three and out. I think that increases the chance of the uh, 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 any possibility of the Kenny chance. I think any kind of movement that ends in a punt can keep them away. But it's you know, but this is a league where you do have to keep up with the other guys scoring. And that was the one thing I kind of bumped against. I think I turned you at some point. I'm like, you've given up 13 points in a row, 10 points in a row without responding. And I think that's where I started to get rid of it because it never felt like they were responding. And I think that's the kind of thing. If that's what's bugging me, then I imagine these other people that maybe can't articulate that are going to articulate it by saying, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. <laughs> um, how about... Uh... Okay, well, how about this? At Chris underscore Kucharski. Chris Kucharski. Mitch Trubisky does every bad thing Ben did last couple of seasons. Throws short of the chains, throws deep when you only need five yards or less, doesn't throw the ball away to avoid a loss. The only thing he's done so far right is to not turn it over. Um, I kind of said in the preseason, you know, maybe we shouldn't have much higher expectations than we had when the Ben offense. And I mean, that's what Chris Karcharski is kind of saying here. Uh, is doing things as good as Ben did last year, at least the minimum i you know i don't know i think one i think that is the minimum and, and two i i i do i think this is while i agree with a lot of this critique it does not take into account mitch's mobility which was such a major part of him not taking sacks. I mean, I was thinking that, you know, when he gets rid of the ball to not take the safety and does, and it was a good call not being intentional grounding. It wasn't the direction of Frymouth. But if that was Ben, the only way that wouldn't have been a safety is that Ben would not have been able to get back into the end zone in time, dropping back quickly before <laughs> that dude hit him. Or if he'd have just had to wing it way out of bounds right, or something. Right, right, like, <laughs> which would have been grounding. That might have been grounding. Yeah, it, and that would have been the game losing. That would have been a game losing yes, moment. Yes, that, that would have been a game losing moment. Um, how about? Gosh, it's like all these Mitch critiques are the same. Mm-hmm. How about at Chancellor Pink? Chancellor Pink. Hey, look. In the end, no matter what caliber of defense you play, you're going to need a QB better than Mitch Trubisky to win in the AFC. I mean, uh, can we? You, you know, we obviously can't have the three and outs. Mm-hmm. All season like this, but if you know, it's like Mitch. We we had it. We had a chance to win in in the fourth or in OT, and in this time we happen to win. If that's all we can ask for, have a shot to win it in the fourth with Mitch. Uh, you know, is that is that worth keeping him in there? No, yeah. I mean, it's just absolutely that because because Mitch is proven. I mean, to reiterate, that's a different way of saying the point we've been saying for a minute now is that with Mitch, you if you don't turn the ball over, you most likely will have a chance to win it at the end. So it's just you're going to have to score more than 16 points to be in that with a lot of these teams. Um, here's the prediction from. At Dr. Tom, 78, student loan survivor. Prediction, Kenny Pickett starts by week three. I mean, we already heard that there is no leash on Mitch, so week three seems... 
I wonder how many of these tweets were sent like while the Bengals were getting on the field for that extra point that Minka <laughs> blocked. Because this feels like something that was very much set while like Chase was doing an elaborate dance. <laughs> what about, um, you know, do other factors play into the QB battle? How about at Tommy Jaggy? Tommy Jaggy. With these injuries, especially the Watt Peck injury, I would play Kenny Pickett from here on out. I mean, does does you know the fact that if TJ comes back or not, does that play any any role into whether or not who the QB one is? Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, just to you know, elaborate on elaborate on it. Tommy Jackie did say, especially if the Watt Peck injury is season ending, it would be he'd play Kenny on the uh, Pickett on the way out. I mean that that would be the kind of thing that would get me one step closer to wanting to put Kenny in there because then you'd be, you, I mean, not giving up on the season, but it would be maybe a time more for de- development. I mean, look, if this team goes like one and seven or they go on like a seven or eight game losing streak, then yeah, put Kenny in there. But the what is like, I, I hate to use this analogy because I never understood the exact thing, but that whole like the, 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 the minutes to midnight clock, like the doomsday clock, yeah, yeah. like a season ending injury to Watt would have like moved that one minute closer. Oh, a yeah. six or seven game losing streak moves it one minute closer. <laughs> yeah. Lots of turnovers by Mitch moves it one minute closer to Kenny time. Like, and I think, you know, it, it didn't happen, but I think that season end, ending injury would have been a step forward in that regard. Is that is that throwing in the towel or is it just because, you know, hey, Kenny could win games, too. You Absolutely. Know? And I think and I, I think you kind of you hit exactly hit the point is that there comes a certain point where it's like we're not living in our fears and we're not throwing in the towel, but we are doing what's best for the team. And that can be, and if and if Mitch does go on a string of losses and does have a string of turnovers, then you can make that case. This is what's best for the team, but we're nowhere near that yet. Yeah, I kind of like. I think you know, I got to quote uh, our own Dave Schofield because I think when he was asked when should Kenny go in, you know, what what what's and he just said whenever. Tomlin decides it, you know, and I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of with that. If Tomlin yeah. says now's the time, okay, you're in, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if he put, you know, if he put him in in game two, okay. If he doesn't, if he puts him in in game 22, then okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the final word on Mitch will go to D. Mancabelli, Dawson Mancabelli. When Mitch puts on the diverse divorce attorney suit, your team is in trouble. Did you see the? I did not. I heard them goofing on it on the post game show. I meant to look it up. I didn't see the suit. I thought it looked like Hamburglar was getting married. Oh, that's God. kind of. <laughs> I mean, there's pinstripes and then there's. Oh God! This was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it looked, it was jail stripes. I thought. Oh, I don't okay. Know. So it was like one of those, like, ah, this is the high school production of Guys and Dolls. Was it like one of those? Like, <laughs> it could have been. It okay. Wasn't quite that big. It was a little oh, more okay. form fitting, but. <laughs> Um, you know, it, but the it's the you know they call it the 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 runway show or whatever you know whenever the okay. and uh, not everyone everyone was kind of wearing track suits and their mm. Air Force ones, but okay. Mitch was in full dress mode. Najee was in the full suit. Um, Kenny was just in a golf shirt. He didn't he didn't have the fashion show. It's kind of interesting who chooses to. It's only a one hour flight, I guess, to Cincy, but. Still, it takes oh, you yeah. know, takes well, some I effort also to get think ready. The idea that like, hey, you're it, this is the first time he started a game in two years. I'm wearing it. How long's that suit been in the closet? Right? I put that thing on. I don't know what he wore to the Bears, but yeah, that's we're starting today. I'm getting that the the the, the Henry Hill Goodfellas suit. So you know, if Kenny shows up in the suit, maybe they're thinking more right. to put him in. Uh oh, Kenny wore the suit to the stadium. He might be getting ready for some reps. Uh, Mace Mace was in shorts in a in a in a polo or whatever. So. Nice, nice. Uh, not that I'm watching, but everyone wears. Okay. <laughs> oh, I guess we are going long. Hey, let's get the band on the field. Oh, we're gonna get our first renegade on Sunday, aren't we? Uh, yes. It's uh, it, 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 maybe unless we're up 24. I hope that's how it is. I hope we're up so high they don't even play renegade. Okay. Uh, all right. Some anyway. odds and ends here mm-hmm. to get uh, to wrap up the show. How about at AP Proud Dad, Craig, question, would you have rather taken an L and have no injuries coming out of the game? Uh, come to me in a month. 
<laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 it's you know, I, I'll, 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 I'll take straight up, see what happens with uh, against the Patriots. At uh, as of this recording, the Steelers, I believe, are still a one and a half point underdog, which feels steep. Yeah. But then again, uh, obviously, they want it to trigger an emotional reaction, and everybody hoping that you put money down on it. So, it, um, but yeah, I, 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 I mean, that's not something I can know today, which I think is Tomlin's whole thing about having the no blink mentality forces you to be mindful just of the moment totally i mean you know an afc north win i wouldn't i wouldn't trade that for much you know mm-hmm. especially now that usually tj might come back um mm-hmm. uh yeah that's a, that's a that's a tough uh, that's a tough trade mm-hmm. um let's go to at mr no followers to jb Steelers punching bag Devin Bush played well today but Yins don't want to hear about it uh the course has went awfully quiet the criticism of Devin Bush you know he didn't even have I mean he didn't have a turnover he didn't have a tackle for loss he didn't have a ton of splash but uh you know the critics surely shut up on him this week oh yeah and you heard a lot of people said he played well and I I, I kind of equated it to mentally you would hear a lot of uh, more muted like an octave lower the same kind of criticisms of Timmons when he was like as the inside linebacker where it's like, okay, he didn't have a bunch of stats, but like not a lot of bad things happened. And that <laughs> meant he was instrumental in helping uh, others be in the position to keep those bad things from happening. I mean, if you take away, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't mm-hmm. do this, but I'll, I'll do a standard deviation. I'll do a little math here. If you take away the big run from mm-hmm. Mixon had on that, uh, mm-hmm. was that a fourth down? It, it, it was, was fourth down, yeah. So you take that big run away. I think the average was something like, you know, maybe even under three yards of carry for Mixon. So it's like the run defense, uh, which is something we were going to look at all season because we went from the worst in team history last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, we gave up a lot of rushing yards, but, uh, you know, maybe statistically there was improvement there. Well, that and also, too, I mean, Mixon's a great player. One of yeah. the league's best running backs. I mean, he's going to make a great play. Yeah, that's right. Good point. Uh, <laughs> great players play on the other teams. Um <laughs> How about, oh, let's go to uh, our reigning fan of the year, at RickFish412, Rick Fish. I don't think Steeler fans have seen a performance like the one they saw today from Minka Fitzpatrick since prime Troy Polamalu. This was the Minka game. It's hard. We can't go through this whole podcast without saying Minka Fitzpatrick. But Mm -hmm. um, that shows just how much happened in this game. Right, yeah, defensive player of the week. You know the blocked kick, mm-hmm. the interception. For, what if twelve or fourteen tackles? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but but still, he. You know, it wasn't just Minka. You know, there was there was many individuals uh, mm-hmm. that led to that. But you know, Minka certainly. I don't know, looking for looking for a defensive player of the year season, maybe. maybe. Which is something he'd said in the offseason. And it, I mean, the, the closest you got to this performance is what? Minka against the Rams his first year with the Steelers when he returned that fumble. And I think he had uh, uh, some kind of, didn't he tip for an interception yeah. there too? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it, it yeah. I mean, it, that was as great a safety performance as we've seen in a long time. Um, you know, an unsung hero. Everyone was like, no, no one's talking about DJ or no one's talking about uh, Muth. Or, uh, you know, a lot of people weren't talking about things. Well, no one was talking about what M. Cole 15 was talking about. Matt Cole, Arthur Moulette equals Mike Hilton 2.0. Yeah, there were at least two plays, game-saving plays. Mm-hmm. You know, he, there, was a, there was a third and long that he stopped you know it was a open field tackle to stop him short of the sticks mm-hmm. and then in overtime the play the the sack on uh on Burroughs that knocked them out of field goal range and, yes. and you know those were as big as any moment yes absolutely and he was right there to be part of them i mean this is the yeah i said michael hilton 2.0 that's exactly right who also by the way was rather quiet on uh, Sunday yeah at, yeah um, all of them were i mean if your name wasn't uh wasn't chase no but i meant mike hilton yeah, no, I'm. Oh. I, yeah, I mean, on the Bengals, oh, I, they yeah, were yeah. all. Pretty, oh, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, derp, yeah. It's if you're it. the chase for the Bengals, right? You know? I forgot. Yes, there's who's multiple throwing chase. double birds at Minka? You know, so <laughs> that was a funny picture. Yeah, you know, frustrated much? I don't know. Um, let's. Uh, it's also very like I'm eight years old and mad at my parents. <laughs> well, he is. I mean, isn't he probably like 23 or something? I don't even he's know if he's that old. No? Yeah, at, uh, uh, you know, but Juju wouldn't throw birds up, would he? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I wish Juju would have threw birds up. Uh, let's move on to... Okay, let's look ahead. Mm-hmm. We'll go to at Blitzburg. Blitzburg. Mike Tomlin is 3-8 and eight in his career against the Patriots. Oof. Mm-hmm. But, however, the silver line in this, most consecutive wins against Belichick? Neil O'Donnell. That's right. Six wins from 93 to 95. So Ben is gone. Mm-hmm. 
maybe the Belichick curse is over. Yeah, maybe, maybe Belichick starts uh, any Testaverde in this game against the Steelers since that helped uh, Neil back in the day. <laughs> I don't know who their backup is if uh, Mac Jones I, I think is. It's, I think it's Hoyer. I think, you know, oh. beloved Steeler backup quarterback, Stanny Hoyer. At, um, I would love to. I'd the love Steelers to. loved Hoyer when he was on the team. Oh, yeah. I would love to play Hoyer too. This is a, <laughs> Although this is one of those games where even though we're underdogs, they're going to be like, oh, Tomlin couldn't be played down to his uh, weaker opponent. It's yeah, like, I, I think that I think this to say these are two fairly equal teams right now is not an uh, incorrect assumption. Well, I hope that we're the better equal. <laughs> um, how about we'll go back to at Pittsburgh Sport, Steelers takeaways. Congrats to Steelers linebacker coach Joey Porter on joining XFL San Antonio team as their new linebacker coach under Heinz Ward. So I wasn't sure who I was going to root for, you know, because there's a, what isn't there, a Palomalu team, run team, there's a uh, Heinz Ward run team, there's a Rod Woodson, Woodson run team. Something doing with the team. So too. I wasn't sure who to root for, but hey, you got... Hines and Porter, I think San Antonio might be my team. Yeah, absolutely, and it uh, and and already that feels better than the Pittsburgh Maulers who don't play in Pittsburgh in that other league. And, is that um, league over? Did they? Is that coming back for I season two? I think they said it was coming back for season two, but I, I I don't know. I still remember the one league, whatever the other league was, like the AAF, where finally Woodson had to say on the NFL Network, "No one's watching these games." Which <laughs> is one of my favorite clips. I yeah. actually watched. I'll tell you what I liked was that that indoor. Was it like? And one league or something. It was. It was. Um. It was like a. Th- I don't know. But uh, was this the one where you could like vote on players yes. online? Yes. Okay. I never. Got, I, I. I enjoyed I watching that. that. Was like a sketch when someone described it to me. I didn't know that was a thing you could actually watch. It was it, fun to watch, except that there was too much time in between plays to get the fan vote. They took all oh. this tabulation to find out what the well, next people had to keep throwing the dart to figure out which play they were going to call. <laughs> right. The Canada style. <laughs> Um, okay, well, we, you know, not all, we've got the real bad news on TJ. It's not the injury. <laughs> At Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers, new product alert, reflective TJ Watt jersey. It's like matte black with black camo numbers. <laughs> it's as close as you can get. It's like as much of wearing a jersey as you can to not let people know you're wearing a jersey. Yeah. And, uh, it's very weird. And, you know, the description is a reflective outline of numbers, name and pattern on the sleeves and inside number. It's just, I, you know, I've got that weird yellow on yellow jersey that was never worn on the field. Uh-huh. But even that is a little bit closer in palette to this matte black on black. Well, this Because no one's going to know this is a jersey until like they're standing directly in front of you asking, <laughs> what is this shirt? And I did want to say, as I told you, I think I emailed you this when I got I, it's a, it was an alert from the Steelers Pro Shop and they sent it uh, Tuesday morning at 4 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. East Coast time. So I was kind of wondering if like maybe that's around the time the last opinion on TJ came in. Like, oh, he's playing here. Buy your shirt. Like, <laughs> I thought it was like the memorial jersey. Like, like, oh, we lost TJ for the year <laughs> by your all-black memorial jerseys. It'll be reflective when you're wandering the streets at dusk. Yeah, Merrill Hodges will be wearing this to replace his uh, salute to service that's <laughs> been out of style. Um, oh, gosh. Do we want to say anything about Lev Bell knocking out Adrian Peterson? We certainly don't have to. All right. So let's, uh, let's, <laughs> let's get out of here then. <laughs> oh, it's been... A great show, right, Coach? That's what we've been talking about. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you. Don't forget, you can always keep the conversation going on social media. I'm at Kyle Christ. Greg, where can we find you? Uh, at Greg Benevent, B as in boy, E-N-E, B as in Victor, E-N-T, Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, you know, a week from today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, a week from today, or if you're listening to this like three weeks after the fact, like <laughs> half of our listeners apparently listen to this stuff a month later. So three weeks ago on, yes. <laughs> on September 22nd, next Thursday, if you're listening to this on the day it drops, the first West Coast postgame show, What Chin's Talking Live, immediately following the, the Browns game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't want to miss that. You will never have seen a post-game show like this before. Yeah, you'll never, or again, it might, it, <laughs> yeah, it might be a it one-time might only, thing. We might be like those uh, TJ Watt jerseys. It might just be a one-time thing. <laughs> Definitely reflective, though. Definitely. Yeah, yeah got to be reflective. <laughs>
we all bear a little responsibility to make sure that we elevate this floor. That's right. It's let's, uh, you know, we've got to elevate the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast network. We're out here every day. There's like 25 podcasts a week. No one is talking more Steelers than us. We actually got some reviews this week, which I appreciate it. It, okay. it really helps the algorithm. You know, yeah. for the first week of the NFL season, I think BTCS or BTSC was bumped up to top 100 football podcasts. So wow. these reviews do help us. So I appreciate Let's uh Let's give a shout out to... Uh, Kelly Mexico Kelly MX uh, in Mexico amazing set of continuous programming for Steelers fans you can get the best depth analysis coverage and news of our Steelers with a very interesting and intelligent team from all around the world the hidden gem is what Jin's talking about <laughs> with Kyle Kreitz and Greg Benevit a weekly show that ironically makes you laugh with all the brutal social media Steelers talk Five stars, kudos. All right. That's very sweet. That is, I, I, I've been called far worse things than hidden gem. Hidden I take gem. That proudly. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never been called a hidden gem, so I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about this one from Sparkle Puss? Four stars. This is a good podcast for all things Steelers. You're bound to find a show or host that works for you. Positives, passionate hosts, steady content calendar, variety of content, good community cons lack of traditional media access yeah we're proud of that (laughs) we're not insiders here Uh, we're literally thousands of miles away thank you sparkle puss for the the four-star review and thank you cp underscore 21 for the four-star review mostly good love the quantity of content put out always something to listen to which is generally entertaining and informative thank you thank you very much keep dropping those reviews because it does help us in the algorithm and Mm -hmm. we also just like to hear from you because otherwise i don't think anyone is listening without no no no. remember yesterday those people sent us all those messages as soon as Tomlin said that line about urinating down the leg. They tweeted us so fast. That was so nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I, I didn't get that in. I, oh. What was I thinking? Here. He didn't urinate down his leg, man. That's a great place to begin. Hey, that's all you can say about anyone. Right. and um In this life. And believe me, for someone who has urinated down their leg. <laughs> man, we're always going to show respect to the other men that we work alongside, man. That's right. We've got... More podcasts coming your way uh, in, in a few short hours. The Steelers preview is coming up, uh, previewing all things about this uh, Bill Belichick-led New England Patriots team. And the trivia, these dudes are good on their trivia. You know, it's mm-hmm. stuff that would stump me. So uh, I, I would listen just for the trivia at the Absolutely. end. Um, so I don't know. Anything else? Uh, well, you know, just uh, geez, until next week, just uh, just keep listening to Coach. Oh, come on. Listen to Coach. Be the best selves. That's going to be required. Stay in school.